You're listening to the Simple Pen Podcast. Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Simple Pin Podcast. I'm your host, Kate All. I'm the owner and founder of Simple Pin Media, and I am so excited to share this podcast with you today. I had the privilege and honor of being on a panel with Chantel Rodriguez at the Tastemaker Conference in Chicago at the beginning of November. And one of the things we talked about was her participation in the creator fund that Pinterest has to offer. Now, there's a lot of confusion around the names that Pinterest has thrown out. And sometimes people will think, is that the creator rewards? Is that the same thing as the creator fund? No, it is not. We talk about that in the episode. The Creator Rewards Program was ended in November, but the Creator Fund lives on. And so I wanted Chantel to give you a a firsthand experience of what Pinterest told her as a part of the program as to how to leverage Pinterest in the best way possible. I am so delighted to share this with you. There are a few little audio bumps. We were having some technical issues with um, our regular program, so we had to move to Zoom. So just know there might be some bumps there along the way. We try to do our best to give you the best possible sound, but we know that there might be some bumps in it along the way. But that does not diminish the fact that there is amazing, amazing, amazing content. Okay, but first, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by the new AI Pinterest marketing solution called Pin Generator. Are you tired of spending hours creating new pins for your Pinterest marketing strategy? Enter Pin Generator. It is a website that can automate your Pinterest marketing for you. So the coolest thing about Pin Generator is that it uses it uses advanced AI, which is all the buzz on the internet. Everybody's talking about it. And then it combines a unique template design to automatically create new pins for you with a brand new image, new pin title, and new description. You don't have to do a thing. So it'll even schedule your pins to your choice of boards so that you can just set it and forget it. With Pin Generator, you'll continuously generate new pins without lifting a finger. And let's be real, who doesn't love that? Plus, it frees up your time to focus on other important aspects of your business. Now, before you ask, yes, Pin Generator is approved by Pinterest. It uses the Pinterest API and has gone through all the proper channels to be approved. I asked that same question to the owner myself. So you can give Pin Generator a try today with a link below in your podcast app. Just scroll down there and you can experience the power of this AI driven automation for your Pinterest marketing. Trust me, you won't regret it. Okay, on to today's episode. Hey, Chantel, welcome to the Simple Pin Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to chat with you too. We were chatting nonstop at the Tastemaker Conference, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But before we dive in for my audience who is totally new to you, tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yes, absolutely. So my name is Chantel Rodriguez on socials. I go by Choose Love Art or Choose Love Blog. Um, But I I wear a, a couple of different hats like most of us do in the content creation world, but I am a content creator. So I work with brands to post on social media. Um, I'm also a consultant. So I do brief writing for different campaigns for different PR agencies. 
Um, and then I also own a video and production company or photo uh, production company with my husband. And so I do a few different things. Yeah, quite a few. All the hands, right? All the all things, the, all the things. All the, so yeah. I didn't put this in our list, but I don't remember asking you when we we're when we were together, but kind of what fueled this creativity for you to kind of get started and which came first? Was it um, kind of the blog, all of that video and photography production? Tell me kind of how you got into this. Sure. So it started with a blog. Um, initially, my blog started more for like wellness and I, I was posting recipes um, because I, as I got, I was pregnant with my son and I was really interested in pursuing a more holistic and like natural pregnancy. And um, a lot of people, I naturally just kind of organically became the go-to person for home remedies. And they were like, man, you know, I have got a, th- a sore throat. Like, what is that? Like, potion that you would create. It would just be like herbs and things. Um, and, and I figured a blog would be the easiest way to just sort of house all those things. And so I started with that. And then naturally it's just kind of transitioned into more lifestyle. And then now I also incorporate travel just because we're really passionate about that in our home. Um, so it started with just primarily blog and writing. And then as the time evolved and video became popular and more photos, I just sort of adapted with the times and then um, really found a passion and love for for video in particular and visual storytelling. Um, and then, you know, my husband and I just went full force into it with our production company. And then I still maintain the content creator and blogging side as well. So in the beginning, as you're like creating all these recipes, you're becoming the go-to for these pieces. Did you think of yourself as a content creator or was this kind of a side business that you're like, yeah, I'll do this for fun. I don't think I could do this full time. What was that process like for you? Yeah. So it was definitely, I did not understand really how to monetize it. I knew it was something I was passionate about and I knew it was something that I felt was of value to others, but I didn't understand how I could make it like a lucrative career. So no, it wasn't, it was my forefront. Like I can make this a full-blown career. Um, It was more just like, I want to be helpful to others. And this seems like a good way to be able to do that. But as I learned more about content creation and how you can definitely monetize, um, it's especially when I first started on my blog, it was with affiliate links and then ads. Um, and then so slowly kind of, like I said, transitioned more into like the content creator side where it became like brand partnerships, getting paid for social media posts and actually getting paid to write blog uh, articles. Um, then I, it opened up a whole new world where I'm like, wow, I can actually get paid to do what I'm doing already. This is awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. You're like jackpot. Let's go for this. Yeah. So then before, you know, we get, cause we're going to talk about the creator fund, the Pinterest creator fund, but before we even get to that, what was your, I guess, iteration, like opening up to social, right? Like you have this blog, you're doing all this content creation, you're seeing affiliates and ads and all these monetization opportunities. What was your journey into using social media to start to really leverage that even more? So I, I started to notice that people as, you know, apps were evolving and changing and I was on, you know, Instagram wasn't as prominent as it obviously is today. Uh, when I first started blogging, um, there was Facebook and Facebook groups, but I started to see that there was a shift into a more demand for instead of just reading my recipes, people wanted to visually see my recipes or instead of me writing about my travels and different gems that I would found, people wanted to visually see those things. So as the demand for it happened, I adapted to what people were seemingly more interested in and what their uh, attention spans, you know, Mm -hmm. were, and maybe they weren't interested maybe in reading full on articles, but they were okay with watching a 30 to 40 second video. So I saw that 
I was able to gain more visibility and really retain people's attention that way. So I just sort of moved with what, how the times were moving and really saw that I really enjoyed it. Actually. Um, I still do love writing. I, I do, like I said, consulting. So I do a lot of brief and campaign writing still. Um, but a lot of my, I would say content now is definitely more focused on like visual. Mm, totally. Which is where the industry is going anyway. So I'm exactly. curious when Pinterest started like folding into that for you, like you talked about in the beginning, like Facebook groups and Instagram, when did you started, I guess, Pinterest becoming on your radar? Yeah. So Pinterest definitely was something that happened later, not because I intentionally put it on the back burner. I just didn't understand how to already kind of know about it in the sense of like, if I need an idea for a birthday party or I need an idea for a recipe and you, you all, it's kind of synonymous to like, I need inspo. You think of Pinterest, right? Um, so I had been using it in that way, but I didn't understand how to use it from a creator's point of view. And then maybe I would say about three or four years ago, um, I saw another creator who was really, really blowing up on there and she was just gaining a lot of monthly views a lot of traction she, she said she was able to grow her email list through pinterest um and i was like man I, I probably should explore this so i switched my account from just a regular user to a business account and then that's when you kind of gain more access and as you know pinterest has been evolving in terms of resources for content creators like heavily and they've been adding so many things like over the years from when i first started using it to now um, and I'm sure you will talk mm -hmm. about that, but it's, it's been a crazy resource. And, um, I would say roughly around three to four years ago is when I really started to dive into it. But now is when I'm really using it as a creator. And I, I just, there's no going back. Once you understand mm -hmm. how to use Pinterest and leverage it, like there's, it's so underutilized, but it's such a great tool for sure. Yeah. Fully agree with that. So that kind of brings us up to, um, the creator fund and the creator rewards. So I know there's a lot of confusion out there. Some people kind of confuse the two. So I want to lay some kind of clarity for that. We had creator rewards program that was shut down in November of 22. And then we have the creator fund, which you are a part of. So I'll actually let you pick up on that. What is the creator fund? How did you first hear about it? And then kind of walk us into how you got selected to be a part of it. Sure. So yeah, like you mentioned, the creator, that's one thing about Pinterest. They do have a lot of like programs. <laughs> they need different names, like totally yeah, different and, names. And, and they all start with creator. So it's like, what is, you know, I will say that is very, it's very uh, easy to be confused. So as you mentioned, the creator rewards was a monetization tool specifically for creators, which unfortunately they shut down because um, it really was the one of the higher, if not the highest paying um, out there. But uh, that is separate from the creator fund, which is targeted for underrepresented uh, creators. So those in the uh, minority community, those in Hispanic, Black, LGBT, I mean, anybody who is in an underrepresented community will be considered um, for the program. And how it is, is basically it's a five-week in intensive. And they're really great about feedback. And I'll talk about how it works um, now. But they're really great about feedback and like the they really took into consideration how we sort of the, the pros and cons, I guess, of the program in terms of length of it. So for now, when I participated, it was like a five week program, but it could be longer is basically what I'm getting at in the future. Um, because I felt like it could definitely have been longer. I learned so much, but I think it would be beneficial to be longer. But basically, it was a five week intensive where we met every single week with different experts directly from the Pinterest team. So the head of marketing, the head of social, the head of brand partnerships, the head of ads, like we met with these people and they gave us like these intense 
intense in-depth cor- uh, courses, basically like video calls on how to best utilize the platform coming from the people who are doing this day-to-day themselves. Um, and they, the whole premise of this was that they want to uplift the creator community. They want to be able to provide opportunities for those who are underrepresented. And to how I found out about this is if you, like I mentioned before, if you have a business account, then you have access to something called the creator hub, or you should have access to something called the creator hub. And in here you have tons of resources like the, um, unpinned spaces, the trends tool, uh, the community newsletter. And in here, this is where I actually read about the opportunity for the creator fund and they do this quarterly. So if you're listening to this, it could be that they're upcoming for their next cycle and you could totally, you know, uh, apply. And it was basically a questionnaire. I, I don't remember off the top of my head how many questions it was, but maybe it took me about half an hour, 20 to, minutes to half an hour to fill out. Um, and it was a lot of short answer um, questions like that blocks where you can actually write it out. And obviously they're looking for people who are, you know, producing thoughtful answers, not just like one sentences, you know, they want to see people who are genuinely passionate about whatever industry and the way the fund is also separated is into different niches or categories. So they have a food one, they have a lifestyle one, they have a travel one. So whatever it is that you fall under, um, you would wait until that cycle opens up for you to apply to, to that. And you also do have an obligation to create a certain amount of pins while you're participating in the program so that they can review them and give you real-time feedback on how to improve them. You, you also get a grant in the form of different things. So you get that in a monetary form. You also get that through, they sent equipment over um, mm. to help you produce the best content that you can produce. And then they also give you ad credits. So they give you a certain amount of ad credits that you have up to a year to use. I know wow. that's a lot of information. No, but. that was really <laughs> great. Okay. So let's break it down a little bit. So I want to talk about like you were using Pinterest before you were into it and then you go into this five week intensive. Did you feel like during that five weeks, everything kind of you knew was turned on its side or you're like, yeah, I feel like I've got a good handle on this. This is just supporting what I've been doing all along. And it's even more helpful. I feel like I know I, I definitely felt like I was like, whoa, okay. Mm-hmm. I am not utilizing platform the best way that I can be. I mean, there's a lot of basics. Obviously you already know like how to create an idea pin or the differences between an idea pin and a static pin. And so, you know, some, some knowledge I did obviously go into it already having, but understanding the tools, understanding uh, the editor, understanding how the AI works, understanding the difference uh, or how it's very keyword heavy um, in terms of, of how visibility works on Pinterest, specifically understanding how hashtags have absolutely no place on Pinterest. So there was a lot of things I learned that I did not know mm. at all. Well, and you just mentioned one of them actually that you could find in the creator hub. It's like the hidden pin insights. Is that what you called it? I can't, I'm like blanking on the name. The unpinned spaces. spaces. Talk a little bit about that because when we were together and you mentioned it in our panel that we were doing for Tastemaker, I was like, unpinned spaces. Like I want to hear more about this. Yeah. So what they they do is they're, they're basically putting together, what Pinterest does is they put together a list of very hot and trending topics that are being searched for on the Pinterest platform, but that there's not a lot of content being produced for. So the example they gave us was like, let's say it's um, refurbished dressers. Obviously there's a lot of content surrounding this, but this was the example that they gave us when they were explaining it to us. So, and let's say you're looking and so that means a lot of people right now are typing that, but there's only like less than a hundred pieces of content or so 
um, or maybe, you know, whatever number it is, not enough basically to meet that demand. So why this is important for you as a creator or a business is because you can leverage this knowing that if you, because so many people are already looking for it, if you start creating content around that, then you will already be in the top visibility and top searches because there's not a lot of competition for you to be working around right now. So they're literally giving you the best things to be creating around. And it there's different ones for different niches, by the way. So if, you know, if you're like, okay, well, furniture is not in my niche, like that's not going to help me, but they have different ones for food. They have different things depending on what you're creating. So you can really leverage those opportunities to be seen. Hmm. Which is so good because I think sometimes as a creator, you know, this, you can get super dry, right? With ideas. Oh, yeah. You're like, I have been talking. I mean, even me, I've been talking about pictures for nine years and I'm like, I don't know what rock to turn over right now. Like, I'm pretty tired. Yeah. But when it comes to these places where you can go look, I imagine for you, that's been a good kind of like aha moment of, oh, I can create this or I can create this. Is that how you've kind of leveraged it for yourself? Or do they ask you to do things in the creator front? Do they ask you to create around certain topics? I will say yes. I'll start with the first question. Yes, I definitely leverage this tool. Um, I have been focusing heavily personally on travel and lifestyle mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. So even it, they they have ideas even down to the travel niche about what people are looking for, whether that be like hotels or they're looking for camping ideas or they're looking for whatever it is. It'll say that and I'll know, okay, well, I know now I already like, you know, anything involving travel. So I guess I got to plan a camping trip because I know it's going to go viral on or there's a higher chance of it going viral on Pinterest. Um, so, yes, I definitely use that. I also use um, in addition to the unpinned spaces. Also, the trend reports is really great because mm. you can actually type in specific words and then um, that will help you kind of figure out what to create around as well. And then in terms of the um, creator fund, they already since we already were picked for a specific thing. Like I was picked for the travel and lifestyle group. Uh, So all the content that I created, they already knew it was going to be around that um, because, because we were picked specifically for that, that category. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really great. And they, they basically just helped us understand how to really get into story, visual storytelling, because that's what idea pins really are. It's, it's basically work similar to Instagram stories in that you're telling literally quite literally a story visually and you can do that in different ways whether that be through a tutorial or that be through long you know 30 one one slide one full slide instead of breaking it up into you know five seconds five to eight second slides there's no real right or wrong way to do it it really depends on your audience and how they are best consuming and receiving your content but it's best to play around with those different variations and see what's really working for you or not Right. And I love that you call that out here. And, you know, we were together, you said that too, as well, because people want this like real cookie cutter formula. Like I'm going to do three static slides, one video followed by two. And what you really impressed upon them and here in this podcast is you got to try different things. You have to move around with a video, with the, you know, static image and all of those things and figure out what works for your audience, especially in the niche that you're in. Cause for you travel, I would imagine is really taking off right now. People are ready to get out there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially because after COVID, people are like, "We're we can be places now." <laughs> yes. They're like, "Get me out of here." So uh-huh. I'm curious. This is a question that we get from people a lot: is how much time does it take you to create this content? So let's take for example, Pinterest has asked you to do something around travel content, which I know. That's a big, broad thing. But I know you're doing that also for like your website and other things you 
probably want to do double duty. I'm imagining like, you know, so how long is it taking you to put together an idea pin for Pinterest just to give people an idea who maybe haven't invested in it just yet? Not long at all, honestly, um, because I've I mean, granted, I've got like a rhythm and a science down. I, I do this full time. So <laughs> I kind of yeah. have my rhythm going. But honestly, it, it shouldn't take too long if you have. Um, you know, you can, like I said, depending on how you're going to approach your idea pin. So you can literally have everything in one clip. So if you just set your phone up, you know, let's, let's not even talk fancy equipment here. Let's just say you have your phone, they have phone tripods and, um, you know, let's say you're, you're setting it up and you want to just record what you made yourself for breakfast. I don't know. I'm just saying, you know, Mm -hmm. an example here, and you would just set that up and just hit record. And then that whole, you know, 30 second clip, you can either do it in segments, right? And one by one where you're doing first step is, you know, you're, you're, you're boiling the water for your whatever. And then that can be one clip or, and then, or you can basically record it all in one and then chop it up in different um, apps. Two apps that I really use, I love to use is InShot and CapCut. I use those all the time. It's really great too, because you can compress the video, your videos in those and it still retains the 1080 uh, resolution or even some of um, InShot even has 4K that it retains. So because a lot of iPhones and smartphones actually shoot on 4K now. It's crazy. The cameras are great. Yeah. Yeah. So um, to answer your question, it's it's very fast. It shouldn't take long, honestly. Or um, one thing I, I do say, if you're going to create video and we've talked about this on the panel as well, is make sure you're utilizing that Pinterest editor, the, the in-app editor. Um, especially once you're adding in your text and things, because the AI will pick up on that. So I, I don't create one video because a lot of creators will do this, right? They'll create, which I understand for the, for the sake of time, they'll create one video and then they'll post that same video on Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, YouTube shorts. That's fine on all the other platforms, except for Pinterest yep. specifically, um, because you're missing out on an opportunity for its AI to, to grab on to those keywords that you're putting in. So you can still use the same video, but once you're putting all the text and things, you want to do that in the Pinterest app. Yeah, I 100% echo that. And I think even people have asked us, they asked us on the panel if they could like upload on desktop and you can, but you don't want to, right? Like right. actually you only want to do it in your phone because you are taking advantage of all the features that are in there. And just to clarify, for those who are wondering, um, when we talk about AI, what we're referring to is that Pinterest has a visual search tool. They can literally read the text on the image and know how to place it. And I've actually had um, in the past, someone get a image pinned from their site that was not to the page it was supposed to be linked. It was like a spinach dip, but it was taking them to a how to tie your kids or how to teach your kids how to tie their shoes post. But Pinterest looked at the image and the text and that overrode actually what was in the pin description. So like that Mm -hmm. power of the text is like a really big deal. And you want to make sure you're using the keywords. Yeah, they they emphasize the team emphasized that to us heavy. They said, use the mobile app. Trust us. Use the in-app editor like that is crucial to your visibility. Um, again, this is coming from the team themselves. So if you're not doing that, you definitely want to be for sure. And yeah. utilize features. They're very they're they're pushing that a lot too. They have a lot of these new little uh, features, like um, similar to on Instagram, how you can add like gifts and things to your stories. Pinterest has that as well. Um, their own version. 
and they they really are pushing utilizing those so if, if there's a way to incorporate that whether it be like the little follow buttons at the end of your which you should always have a call to action in all your content by the way yeah you use use one from pinterest if you're creating on pinterest just because they're they they like that they seem to like that so people have questions around like sound and music can you talk a little bit about um some people go no sound because i think some people don't listen some people are wondering about music but the music options are terrible can you shed any light on any of that? Yeah. So they are aware that their music selection is terrible, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've all we, we made a lot of a lot of the, you know, common concerns that most of you who may be listening have. Trust me, I was very vocal on everything I think they could have improved upon. Yeah. And they are aware of it and they are very receptive, which is great. They, they were not taking anything personally. They're like, please, we we, we appreciate mm. the feedback. Um, so they are aware in terms of music selection that it was not great. And now they actually added popular songs before it was like a bunch of generic songs, yep. um, which weren't great. But now they added popular songs. Um, so their library is is much better and continuing to expand, which is great. Um, and then they you can, which is also great. You do have the option at the top to select royalty free music if you don't want to. If like if you're creating a branded uh, piece of content on Pinterest, you cannot use much like any platform. You can't mm-hmm. use uh, uh, commercial music. You have to use the the royalty free music. So make sure that you're toggling on royalty free when you're if you're if you're posting something that's uh, a sponsored post. Um, now, in terms of voiceovers or, or sound, so that's just, again, it comes down to your audience and what they prefer. My audience likes when I do voiceovers, so I just continue to give them what they seem to like. Right. So if I, you know, I'm talking about something in terms of a travel destination that I really enjoy, then I'll hop on there and say, Hey guys, today I'm in so-and-so we're exploring, you know, whatever. And, but one thing that they really do emphasize when you are doing a voiceover, if you are doing a voiceover is to utilize their sound on sticker because Mm -hmm. they, they, they are very big on calls to action on Pinterest. So uh, they want users because like most people, they don't, some, sometimes people just don't, they have their volume down for whatever reason. They're watching it late at night, their kids sleeping, they're in the office, whoever. Yeah. So they don't even know. Yeah. Right. That if there is a voiceover. So it's really important for you to visually be giving clues and cues for your audience. Um, and, but in terms of preference on what Pinterest um, prefers you create, they don't have a preference. They push the same amount of voiceovers to just music equally the same. Mm, that's good to know. And I think one of the things that's always been interesting about Pinterest is that there has been this overcoming of the user, meaning the user has seen video and sound as a speed bump for so long because they are introverts, right? They're mm-hmm. gathering things for themselves. They're not really interested in the social um, experience and sound elevates a social experience. So putting that call to action of sound on is really important for them because they're not trained to do it. They're just trained to watch things quietly because Pinterest is the introverts platform. It's where they go to be quiet. And so love, love, love that call out for sure. I love all of this. It's been so helpful. So I would love like one final question for you, which is um, one, is the creator fund still open for Mm -hmm. people to join? Okay. And then, um, I guess, what piece of advice would you give somebody listening who is wondering if Pinterest is the place for them in 2023? They've probably, they could be fatigued on Instagram. They're super, I guess, skeptical of TikTok and if it will still be around. And they're kind of going, I need to lean into Pinterest, 
but I've just kind of never given it a thought. It's kind of just been in the background. What would you tell them about investing going forward? Sure. So um, for the first question, yes, the creator fund is still rolling. Um, they do have different enrollment periods. So it's really important for you to maintain or for you to uh, make sure that you go ahead and enroll in the creator hub uh, resources. They have their Pinterest community newsletter that they send out. And there they will often send uh, email out when the enrollment period has opened and for what particular category it's opening for. So mm -hmm. really important for you to stay up to date. That way you can make sure that you're capitalizing on that opportunity or letting someone you know capitalize about that opportunity. Let's say maybe you don't necessarily qualify uh, for that opportunity. Still really important. Maybe you know a creator who would be benefiting from that. So let them know. Um, and then in terms of whether you should be investing in Pinterest as a creator and if it's for you, I think Pinterest is for everyone. Honestly, I don't think that I can't think of one example of why, whether you're, you know, even if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I'm not a content creator, I'm not an influencer, I'm just a business. Pinterest is still good for you. <laughs> like, does it, does it matter what it is? Um, if you have something that you're trying to share and you need an audience or you need eyes or whether you're trying to convert a actual product or whether you're trying to just get more visibility on your content, trying to grow your email list. Try, I mean, trying to, you know, uh, just build a following and a, or a loyal community. Pinterest can do all those things for you, honestly. Um, and I think that the best way to go about it is to not overwhelm yourself from the Pinterest team themselves. They say that the absolute minimum you should be posting on Pinterest is two times a week. That's a very, mm -hmm. very doable. I don't think that that's anything too far-fetched. And if even idea pins seem overwhelming, start with a static pin that leads back to content you've already produced. That yeah. way you don't even have to get, right? Because another thing with Pinterest that's unique is that the content there is evergreen. Mm -hmm. So content, and I'm sure, you know, in listening to this podcast, you already know that, you know, that, that you can literally gain traction on different pieces of content that you created years ago. Well, I don't know any other platform that you can do that um, other right. than maybe... YouTube, right. But even then, like it's, it's still a really great place because there's so many eyes on Pinterest daily. And I think that if you are wondering if you should be utilizing, I would, uh, yes, absolutely. Um, again, I think there's different ways that you could be building. There's always, it's always important. I think the worst thing we could do as creators or entrepreneurs in general is to just be complacent and say, oh, well, um, I'm just, you know, it just seems like another thing for me to do. So I'm not going to do it. Mm. I lose a lot of opportunity when we fall into that mindset. And I understand because it is overwhelming. Sometimes there are new apps and they're happening all the time. And you're like, my God, I just can't keep up, you know? Yeah. But Pinterest is one of those things where it is worth the effort. And I think, um, you know, in, in really they're because they're pushing idea pins, make sure you're really focusing on that. And again, if that just seems overwhelming, then start with static pins. They're still pushing those as well. It's not like they don't show those at all. Um, they're just, you know, kind of jumping on the bandwagon with the whole video thing, because that's just what, where the world is right now. Mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't mean that, again, you can't utilize static pins. And there's so many tools like and if you're like, well, what do I use to design my thumbnail? Use Canva. That is like the most dummy proof. Like you, yes. you don't have any kind of training, right? I mean, yeah, that is that is like one of my go to's. And they have they have. um the the dimensions for, for the pins already set so all you have to do is literally plug in your information choose a visual you like and there you go export it and you've got your thumbnail already so there's really no excuse you know in terms of difficulty or you know it, it, it's really easy to do and i think it's worth trying out for sure and and see how i can pro i can almost guarantee you if you're consistent with it you're going to see a difference 
Yeah, 100% agree with that. And I think one of the things that people don't understand is that Pinterest takes way less time than Instagram. Would you agree with that? I would. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would definitely agree with that. I, totally. I find that like we could spend 12 hours a week on Instagram and like two on Pinterest and we would yeah. be just fine. And so and you get more and there's more like return, right? On your mm-hmm. efforts on Pinterest. Um, like you're another thing is if you're, if you're really interested on brand deals, brands and you can really, and you're thinking like, how do I position Pinterest for paid brand deals? Really lean into those monthly views. And if you're consistent, it's really easy to get those monthly views up. Right. Mm -hmm. Would you say Mm -hmm. in comparison to like an Instagram or something? Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think that is great that you brought that up because we talked about that on the panel, too, that if you really do want to work with those brands, that is a number that you look at. If you're not working with brands, don't really worry about that number because your conversion metric is going to be based on something different, like an outbound click or something like that. But for sure, if brands and I think brands are open right now to different types of work. Like they're looking at the landscape of advertising and saying, what's next? In fact, at Tastemaker, I met somebody who was from the magazine industry and she was like, magazines are dying. Like, and people used to advertise all the time in magazines, right? Because they wanted that. But now they're looking for all these other places to get closer to the consumer. And you as a creator really help them do that because your opinion does matter, right? Yeah. So yeah. Leveraging that, I think, is so smart. But yeah, get that monthly view up for them because they really care about that. Oh, yeah, that that's something. And which is great, though, because you don't have to have a huge following to still have a high monthly view. That's Mm -hmm. another beautiful thing about Pinterest is you can get that number. I mean, up there well into the thousands, close to them, if not millions, you know, like it's, it's actually possible to do that with not a crazy amount. You don't need a million followers to get a million monthly views on Pinterest. Program where you need a lot of followers to maintain that monthly view. It's it 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 works completely different, and and it's more favorable to creators in terms of brand partnerships for that. Yeah, and such a grind on Instagram. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's like pulling teeth. Yeah, (laughs) I know totally for sure. So. Thank you so much. I mean, I'm so delighted because we had so much fun at Tastemaker that we get to talk about this again and you get to share all of um, the great stuff that you shared there with my audience. So how can they go and connect with you further and just follow along with what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I was like, man, I remember when we got paired together, I was like, I hope we have like a good energy. But (laughs) when we when we met, it was like we were we've known each other for years. Yes. (laughs) Totally. Right? I mean, we didn't so even great. need a moderator. They were like, oh, you guys are fine. Yeah. We, I was like, hey, should we meet up? Let's talk. I was like, oh, no, we got this. Like, this is, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we did great. So I'm so happy to have connected with you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Um, in terms of how your audience can reach me, uh, yeah, you can reach me on Instagram, Pinterest, <laughs> obviously. Um, you can reach me at, via email. I'm Choose Love Art on all the socials. So, um, you know, you can find me there. I'm on TikTok. On my website, it's www.chooseloveblog.com. You can email me directly there if you have any questions about anything. I also have a consultation calls that you, if you're interested in helping, or if you're interested in anything specific, I can help you with that as well. All the information is listed on my website. But um, yeah, send me a DM. I'm very easy to access and I'm, I'm really happy to help in any way that I can with uh, any information I have uh, in, in regards to the creator fund or anything in general. So don't hesitate to reach out. 
Perfect. And we'll put all those links to below here in your podcast app, as well as on the show notes, which you can find at simplepinmedia.com slash three, two, eight. Thanks again, Chantel. It's been so awesome chatting with you. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much. 